there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking... But I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Shouldn't you be at work? Clean sheet, I call it, is uh, one of the most important things in, in football. Nice to see the home fans here. Emil Heskey, could it be five? Yes, it is! Paul Bowden to take it. Oh, and he's hit the crossbar! Gerard, it's Carroll! What a goal by the England striker! That's why he was brought in and he's done the job. Saved! John Pickford! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, and it has to. No! Welcome back to Quickly Kevin Will He Score. It's another World Cup special. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And Florin Rodachoyu. How are you? Michael Marden. Hello. How are Here you? Here we go. How are you, Florin Rodachoyu? <laughs> good. Yeah, good. good. We, we touched on it on text this morning, but it's a, it's a bit of a sad day, really, isn't it? Because this, this, the day we're recording this is the last of the 10 a.m. games. Oh, Chris, let's not start on a downer. Let's but come to that a sad in a bit. day. Let's, it is a sad day. And, and let's be honest, we're not even watching it. It's, it's currently 10.37 <laughs> and it's Cameroon versus Serbia. Yeah, they're weaning us off. FIFA are weaning us off with that one, let's come. They? Let's come to these discussion points we've got, Chris. Let's yeah. not blow our load on 10 a.m.s early on. We've got so <laughs> little to discuss, we should save it. Shall we have some uh, electronic postback to start us off? Let's do it. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Postbag. You've got mail. OK, a few here. I mean, it's always good to hear from people about the World Cup. Let's start with Gareth Lewis. The World Cup should not be called the World Cup. Hi, I have a big bugbear with the World Cup being called the World Cup because the actual World Cup trophy is not a cup. Uh... It's a trophy. You can't drink out of the World Cup. It should be called the World Trophy. Please discuss from Gareth Luke Lewis. 
<laughs> Isn't that funny? Do you know, I've never really thought about that, but I guess most trophies are cups, aren't they? I wonder what's, what's the tradition of that. Why? Do, why are trophies cups? Well, Were they well, you know the ideal scenario, it? obviously, is team drinking champagne out of the cup. Yeah. Uh, with one of them wearing the lid as a hat. Oh. That is that is the ideal scenario. I, know. I was always so fascinated when you watched the FA Cup Finals as a kid to see who was going to be the one with the, to wear the lid as a hat. I, ideally goalkeeper, really, isn't it? It's got to be goalkeeper. I think it's his role, ideally, I'd say. Quirky substitute. We've not discussed this, actually. We've discussed mascots, we've discussed kits. Do you like the World Cup, the trophy? Yeah, I think it's the best trophy in world football, genuinely. It's a work of art, isn't it? It's so clever and it's gold. I think big the may it's the I'd say it's the best prize in football and it should be gold. They've nailed it and it's got the world on there. It's yeah. brilliant. I think it is good, Michael. Yeah, I agree. I think the trophy's brilliant. The issue I have with a lot of cups or trophies is they're getting too big. The Champions yes. League trophy is Preach. ridiculous. Preach. It does not need to be that big. But Why that's always this? been that big. That's always yeah, but, been that big. But but it shouldn't be that big is what no. I'm saying. Make I it smaller. I like that it's big. You know, I always think it's ridiculous when the Ashes are won and it's like a Sabutio trophy. Well, I, I'm going to say it. I think the Ashes is good because I think the reason the World Cup is good is it's so idiosyncratic and odd. It's an odd cup. Where does it come from? What's going on with it? It's iconic for that reason. Iconic cups. I'd say you'd go the World Cup. I'd yeah. say you go the Wimbledon women's singles is an absolute classic. The shield. Yeah, like the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the plate. Uh, the ashes also. These ones you can picture straight away. Yeah. I, don't, I think the Premier League trophy is a crock of shit. It is. <laughs> you know, like first, first draft when you go something like this. And they've gone, yeah, that'll do. It feels like, give it another day. Add something that makes it different from all uh, the other trophies. I think I like I, that I they're big. I prefer it. I prefer nah. it to the European Cup. I like do the crown. You? Yeah, I think... I'll I tell, I tell you what I think is shit. The Jules Rimet trophy. I'm glad do that happened. Yeah. 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 I think I won under... It's so small yeah, comparatively. Yeah, it is crap. I'm go, you're right. If you've won me over. <laughs> do you I think it's I a real upgrade. I find it sad when you see Bobby Moore holding the World Cup and you're like, there's always that thought in the back of my head, like, that's not the real World Cup. Do you know what I mean? The Jules Rimet trophy is not the real World Cup. I think it, the commentary when he lifts it is something like, um, just six inches tall, but the, what it means uh, yeah. is England a world, it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah. I remember um, having that trophy as part of my Sabutio set when I was a kid. But I'd only ever seen the current World Cup trophy, so I didn't know that that was the original World Cup trophy when I was sort of eight or nine years old. And I just thought it was like a League One trophy or something (laughs) crap like that. So when I found out what it was... It's like a man of a match trophy. (laughs) There was always a problem with the Sabutio trophies where they weren't weren't in scale to the players. And I didn't like that. Yeah, I had the FA Cup and it was as, it was bigger than the players. We discussed it's bigger it than the goal, the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, a player could fit inside the speed of FA yeah. Cup. Um, I think the FA Cup is obviously good. I don't think we need to discuss that. Yeah, that is. I'm going to give a shout out to the UEFA Cup, the big. Yes, vase. that is iconic, isn't it? The UEFA I like Cup is the big iconic. Vase. Have they yeah, used that, that for the Europa League now? Do they, they do? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I think like that me. is. 
Yeah, uh, that and the Champions League are good trophies. I like the fact that the Champions League is a big... But when, like, Jordan Henderson or someone is lifting that, that is yeah, a proper yeah. trophy. You want the weight and the scale. If I had one criticism of the World Cup trophy, I think it is that it's it's too small and too obviously heavy. You know it mean? looks heavy. It looks heavy. Like The players have to generally hold it aloft with two hands, but it doesn't create that... You know, the, the symmetry when like a player lifts the European Cup with a handle in each hand above his head and it's massive. That's a brilliant image. The World Cup, when you lift it, you're a bit limited and it look, it's just, here's a man holding something heavy is what it looks like. Do you like. know what it, you're not going to get with the World Cup? Another thing I like with a trophy is the players are kind of walking around the side of the pitch. Some of them have got scarves on. Some have got caps on. Yeah. Maybe one's got an umbrella. Yeah. And then... <laughs> One of the players throws the trophy to another player. I love yeah. that. You, yeah. got, you can't do that with the World Cup. No one's throwing the World Cup. It's too dangerous. So uh, should it be called the World Trophy? It wasn't no. even a cup the first. No, I don't, no. I don't think it World works Trophy like sounds that. weird. I think, yeah. I think if his objection stands, we need a new trophy that can mm. act as a cup as well. Yeah. So you could... Because technically you could take a shot out of the top of the old Jules Romay trophy there was enough of a sort of like bowl bit at yeah. the top you, you could it could take fluid yes yes well yeah and I suppose you could smear Nutella over the top but I guess that's not quite a cup, cup. yeah but I'm sure if you, you could eat do it or drink what a small vodka jelly on top of it <laughs> lick a small vodka jelly off the top and then technically it'd be a cup right hey guys uh Listener uh, from the start and a fan club member loving the World Cup content. Soundtrack to my Christmas as well as my 2021 summer. Question. So he's got this wrong. Uh, if England he's put, if England beat Wales, but he's then sent a correcting email. Basically, if England finish runners-up, their second round knockout game will be Saturday, December the 3rd at 3pm. Now, as a lot of League 1 and 2 teams are still playing, and Josh being a lower league fan, would you still attend your team's home and away match oh. or watch England instead? Oh. What this would they is do? a great question. Are they gonna, they, so they're going to let those fixtures go ahead. I guess they, they don't really have a choice. I but think the, the fixture think even, the players them, even the players themselves would want to watch it. Even the management. I don't, I don't, I don't think the players are that fussed about watching Do England in the second round of the World Cup. No. In the same way, if you met a band that was playing at Glastonbury and you said you're going to stay for the headliner, they'd be like, absolutely not, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Music is my job. For this period, I'm, I'm not staying <laughs> yeah. for the Arctic Monkeys. I don't think the League One players are going to go, while I do love playing for my team and it is my living, I really want to watch England. I just don't believe do they're going to... I, you know I think they probably do. I think... I think Because they're fans of football, aren't they? They wouldn't want to miss out on... Everyone they know will be watching the game. Well, that's I interesting. Think, How, what do you different. think attendances will be like? I think they're going to be bad. I don't know. That's such a tricky one. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I was watching... I was watching... I can't even remember what it was. It was at 1pm on Sunday. Saturday. 1pm on Saturday. I think it was 2-0. I can't remember what... But anyway, it was one of the... It wasn't one of the big games. It was Poland versus Saudi Arabia. That's what it was. And I turned on the TV and the BBC was showing their contractually obliged FA Cup second round game at the same time. <laughs> and now I know Poland versus Saudi Arabia isn't a huge draw, but who is watching the second round of the FA Cup when <laughs> World Cup is on yeah. the other side? Well, 
I mean, imagine missing England Cameroon at Italia 90 because you're watching Plymouth Swindon. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. <laughs> the, old, the old league like, one. I, who was I talking to about? Alex Brooker said that he uh, much preferred Arsenal to England. And I actually think, as much as I love Plymouth Argyle, I think the country coming together with England is more magical than any other experience in sport. So I'd yeah. always prioritize... And it's twice, once every two years. So yeah. I'd always prioritise yeah, the England you experience. Mean, you mean only at a tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, you, I don't, don't mean... I don't care about the Nations qualifying. League or yeah, yeah, qualifying yeah, yeah. or... Yeah. yeah. I don't believe the country comes together for the Nations League. I just don't yeah. believe it. Also, like, international football and specifically following England is a bit of a sorbet, a bit of a cla- palate cleanser, isn't it? Like, I, I actually look forward to it because it's like, I don't have to think about West Ham for a little bit. Yeah. It's not necessarily... For me, it's not a club or country debate. It's like, I enjoy... I really enjoy both and I welcome the country side of things, like following England, because it it's great to have a different set of problems. If West Ham were playing at 3pm on Saturday and England were playing... Where where do your eyes rest? I think if it's just a Premier League game, if we're playing, if we're like away to Palace, I'm going to be yeah. watching England. What if you're home and you've got to do the half time? And, and if I'm contractually obliged to be there, I will be there. <laughs> but will you be watching the West Ham game? Or will you be watching England on your phone? <laughs> I, I think you could do both. I probably could do both. I've it's, got access to the staff Wi-Fi. I feel <laughs> like I feel like going to a game rather than watching England in the World Cup is you're almost trying to make a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I bet as well, like, I think West Ham, like, as an example, I don't think many people would go. I think you'd probably get less than 10,000 to go to a West Ham. Do you think you'd get less yeah, than 10,000? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It'd be the most hardcore who'd never missed a game who would go. But I think the vast majority would... It'd be an interesting debate. Yeah. Join in the Quickly Kevin Forum. Yeah. Be, let's hear what you think. Or email us at quickly ke- oh, hello at quicklykevin.com. Time for one more? Yes. Unmentioned regen. Uh, at the World Cup, we haven't mentioned, in terms of sons of players, Jordan and Andre Ayew, who are the sons of Adebi Pele, the Marseille Champions League winner from the early 90s. I don't know if you remember him. Oh, really? Yeah, they're his what? son. Yeah. Huh, they're, both, they're both his son. Yeah, they're brothers. I didn't even know they were brothers. I knew they were related. I thought they were cousins. God, this That's is amazing. all falling into place, isn't it? <laughs> That's crazy. So we're closing in on a team of sons. We've yeah, probably got about five or six now. Yeah. Do get in touch if there's any more that are at the World Cup. I also think, I mean, it's unfair because obviously the dads are by definition more famous because we've recognised that their dads are footballers. But the dads would absolutely thrash the Suns team as, as things stand. Isn't it weird that a lot of the Suns, they tend towards being attacking players? Like Andre, okay. yeah. Ayu. Is this my new theory? That the reason is because as sons of players, they get preferential treatment... At, at their football clubs early doors because the trainers are impressed by the fact they're sons and so they get put up front early on thoughts yeah i could definitely see that happening having dabbled very slightly in the politics of youth football that's if you're the manager you're like well george Ware might come along if i put him up front. <laughs> <laughs> shove timothy up front another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just trying to write the team out here, but basically we've got Schmeichel in goal and then like everyone else is up front. It's like one of those championship manager formations where you're trying to lose a game heavily. (laughs) (laughs) Do get in touch if you have any more for our team. This is how to get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Thank you to Jim Rosenthal for that, who is in the... Have you watched the Italian 90 documentary on Sky? No, I've still not seen it yet. No, there's oh, too much God, football content really to good. consume at the moment, mainly live games. But it now is weird, isn't it, to try over. and also then take in some nostalgic World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> but then if anyone's going to do it, it's the people listening now. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit like watching Plymouth when England are playing, isn't it? <laughs> watching a 1990 World Cup documentary rather than watching a live World Cup game. Okay, so it's England v Wales tonight. Uh... Let's start by discussing uh, the things we picked up on at the World Cup. The first is it's now over for 10am games. We discussed this before. Yeah. How did you enjoy the 10am game experiment? Absolutely loved it. Is this the first time it's been 10am? Was it not 2002? Well, I think there was 10ams at 2002, but that that wasn't as good because there was also 7am, so you felt like you'd already missed out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like the perfect start to the day. Yeah. If you had to schedule four games in your day, what are your four kickoff times, please, Chris? I, I think they've actually nailed it. My, my, actually, when it started, I would have pushed the 7 p.m. game to maybe 8 p.m. That's what I do. But actually, what I found is I quite like 7 p.m. because when the game ends at 9, you're like, oh, I've got a couple of hours before I go to bed. Yeah. Whereas when it's pushed a bit later, obviously, you've got less time. So I think they've actually nailed it. I think it's perfect. Michael? I love the 10 a.m. games, but I've they're very much the wallpaper. They're very yeah. much the kind of elevator music. I don't think I've had the sound on for any of them, but I'm yeah. sort of sat working in the morning, replying to emails, having a coffee, and that's there on one of the screens. I would have the second game after lunch. Would you have a bigger I'd have gap? A, I'd have a slightly bigger gap, yeah, just so I can not sit right in the middle of the day. But I, I would shift everything else later. I The 9 o'clock finish is too early for me as someone with... Uh, no children and no commitments really in the evening I'd rather have 7 till 9 9 till 11 to really take up the rest of my evening because by 9 or sometimes after 9 with the extra time I'm sort of a bit like oh should I watch match of the day should I watch some kind of highlights package of the games of the day I'd rather right before bed the games finish but other than that no complaints of four games a day and the spacing has been incredible it is sad. It is sad, the end of the 10 a.m. What would you do about timings, Josh? Are you happy with them? I'd move the evening game an hour later. Yeah. That's the one thing that's I'd do. The, that's the, the one criticism I would level at FIFA. Yes, that is the one <laughs> mistake FIFA have made in the last decade. Um, but the other thing I 
would like to discuss is how you're feeling about the, the America, Mexico and Canada kickoff times. Oh, I don't know. So what will they be? I don't actually know. Well, they would... Were you to transport them, because Qatar's two hours out, the 10am game will be played at about 6pm. Oh, no. I can see what's oh, going to no. happen here. You're looking at probably 6, 9, midnight, and 3am, probably. I think Surely that'd be right. They- Do correct us tomorrow. Maybe they'll adjust it a bit for Europe, but yeah, they can only adjust, adjust it so it. much. Because say it's... Say it's evening in Los Angeles. Say you're playing at 7pm in Los Angeles. That is 3am UK time. Oh, yo, yo. They'll have to adjust that. For what? For us? <laughs> what was the USA, USA 94 kickoff times? I need to know this. I, I remember watching the World Cup final live. I remember watching the 94 yeah, World Cup final in the live. afternoon, i.e. the evening in UK time. But what I will say, guys, it won't matter to us because we'll be in the US in the Quickly Kevin RV touring around. Of so. course. Yeah, exactly. Of course. G- G- oh, here's, here's an interesting fact. Do you know the latest kickoff in the, from the knockout phases onwards, the latest kickoff at USA 94, 4.30pm. Is it? Have they yeah, already yeah. given and the, the final already... was on at twelve thirty. Oh, is this time. USA ninety four? The USA so, ninety four. So basically, to help us out, that's why Jack Charlton was so fucking livid because he's forced <laughs> to play the in the midday sun, sun for the kickoff times in Europe. That's what's happened there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you're trying to break football in America by putting sport on in the middle of the working day. Here's a mad thing. This is absolutely mad. I'm just looking at what they did for USA ninety four. I didn't know this. That a lot of the games, like the round of sixteen, there's two games happening concurrently a lot of the time. Like there's a, on no. the fourth of July, ninety-four, Netherlands Republic of Ireland's kicking off at twelve, and then thirty minutes later, Brazil versus U- the United States is kicking off. That is, it's mad, isn't it? On the same day, like thank God, FIFA have got their house in order because <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing back then, did they? That yeah. is incredible. What's you know, when we find out another thing about how amateur 90s football was, and you yeah. go, how have we not stumbled on this before? They're playing concurrent round of 16 games at the USA World Cup. And concurrent quarterfinals as well. 10th no. of July, 1994. 12 o'clock, Bulgaria, Germany's kicking off. 30 minutes later, Romania, Sweden's kicking off. What is the point in that? What is the point? Were you cramming it in? Right? You got somewhere to go? This is unbelievable. <laughs> Semi finals. 13th of July, 1994. 4pm, Bulgaria, Italy kicks off. 4.30, Sweden, Brazil kicks off. No. So you've got to pick, you've got to pick which semi final you watch. Wait a minute. Is one on Eastern time and one on Western time? No. Mm. But that would only be an hour. There'd still be a bit of an overlap. Possibly. Possibly. That is Maybe incredible. That's hap- Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe maybe I would cut FIFA some slack. There's undue criticism. No, no, but they're still yeah. overlapping if it's only an hour's difference. Please do get in touch and settle this because that is genuinely one of the most harrowing things we've ever found out. <laughs> and we will not have FIFA's good name besmirched on this podcast, so please... Would you both it? like to, until someone corrects our uh, research, admit that USA 94 now can't be considered a classic World Cup simply because the kickoff times were so mental? <laughs> Do you know what? I genuinely think ITV did this wonderful package uh, about how good USA 94 was. And and I genuinely would make the case it's better than Italia 90. I think for me, it's a better World Cup. Insane. Just insane. I think the the pitches, the goal. Like Italia 90 almost feels like an 80s World Cup. And 94, the kits, the the, the green, the colours. England aren't even there. Yeah, I know, but that's. I, I actually thought as well. 
I, that's why I liked it because it was just a festival of football. I had no, you know, no steak at the table. It was just love. You just enjoy it. Just enjoy yourself. Or you can watch a bit of Ireland. It was just a feast of football to be enjoyed and not necessarily get well, anxious. About. Half of it. The rest of it. It's not even on because you've <laughs> yeah. had to choose between the two semi-finals. How are you not having them on separate days? How long was the tournament? A week. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, let's see the dates. Seventeen a month. Yeah, seventeenth of June to the seventeenth of July. Only twenty-four Mad. teams. Did that, games on the same teams. day, a month, the whole thing. <laughs> An absolute farce from beginning to end. <laughs> what else do we want to discuss? Um, can we talk about the curse of the ITV coverage again? Yes. So we've covered this before at previous World Cups, but the fact that England just don't seem to play well on ITV. And with the latest, so the updated figures are BBC played 15, I think this at is. At major tournaments, this is. At major tournaments since 1998, played 15. On the BBC, won 11, drawn 1, lost 3. Incredible record. ITV yeah. have had less games, uh, 13. Won 2, drawn 6, lost 5. That's and if you think about when we went out of uh, the qualification of the USA 94, that was on ITV too, wasn't it? ITV yes. 1, 2. ITV, but, uh, that was on ITV uh, as well. And there is something about watching England play on ITV. Just it's not right, is it? It's not right. Yeah, uh, England v Wales is on BBC. Great. So that is a good sign. But the second round game will presumably be on ITV for that reason. Yeah. So a second round exit beckons or go through <laughs> on penalties after a draw. Do you know as well, we talked about how football pools work. And I, I've always wondered, how does it work between the BBC and the ITV? Like, could we know there's an agreement between the two. Do they get together in a room? Is yeah, it just I'd on love, WhatsApp these days? I'd Is love a, a documentary on that. It, would, it wouldn't rate as a documentary. <laughs> but I would love to watch a documentary about how they choose which channel gets which games. How much do they... Like, you know, like, when people do, like the draft at the NFL or whatever is it like yeah. that have they got all these different plans and what they're gonna yeah. offer and how it works do they just take huge it in conference terms to center. pick how do you think yeah. it works huge conference centre every living prime minister attends yeah. every living England manager attends so Big Sam gets an invite Graham Kelly puts the balls into a big bag draws them out BBC you get the first so game so do you think it is just right first up BBC, you get this one because ITV got first choice in the Euros. Which do you want? And you go, we're going to have England's first game. And then we go, we're going to have yeah. England's but second then, then round. And then it just go- falls in. And then is it from the quarterfinal they share? They both... No, they- I think it's just the finals shared, isn't it? Or is the semi shared? I always think it's so pointless sharing the game, isn't it? Because no one... Who's choosing to watch the ITV co- coverage? Who's choosing to have adverts? I know. The BBC better like I don't never. Who at ITV has done the calculation that it's worth it, or is well, it just what, for what the broadcasting? Put it? on Coronation Street. <laughs> I wonder whether that would rate higher for ITV <laughs> if they went. We're going to lose, so we might yeah. as well. What have you heard about these people that don't like the commentary, so they'll then put on like the radio commentary? Have you ever actually met one of those people? Yeah. I did do it for a little bit. Do you remember when did Red you? Button introduced it? I tried it. Because my theory was that the radio commentary is going to be, is by its very is nature, it a better quality of commentary. Was yeah, it? it's quite detailed, but I quite like that. Michael, would you ever partake in that? No, I think it's a terrible idea. Because it's, <laughs> it's so descriptive. 
yeah, I can see where he is on the pitch with the ball because I've got yeah. my eyes. Like that's not what I need from a commentator. And I also think those moments of silence are really, really important. Like when we've had commentators on the show yeah. talk about it, it's about how you convey like what's going on in a in a different way. I mean, I would do it as an experiment. Do you think the golden age of the commentator is over? Do you think our childhood was the golden age of the commentator that you could really tell who they were? Or do you think in 20 years we'll go, that was a great... The Darren Fletcher, Sam Matterface era was incredible, wasn't it? Well, do you know what's interesting is like Sam Matterface gets a lot of flack. I don't remember in the 90s anyone ever saying, oh, I hate John Motson. Do you know what I mean? No. I don't remember anyone going, oh, I can't stand Barry Davies. No. Maybe that was just because we didn't have social media then. But yes. I, it just feels like... It, I think this is evidence that we aren't living in a golden age of commentators because they just seem to be... They're so divisive. I don't remember commentators ever being divisive. I think I've got a theory on commentators. I think they need to be more eccentric than they currently are. Because yes. I think the thing about Davis and Watson was they are eccentrics. And Brian Moore, to an extent... Was a kind. I think they need to be old nerds. I don't think. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't want a commentator that feels like a bit of a lad. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. Yeah, I'd like. I don't like the idea that I that Sam Matterface is going to go for a beer with Lee Dixon after. No, I don't he, want that. I want he, a commentator. He, he should that be you straight think, back into his stats. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, I don't want a commentator who exists in the normal social parameters of human interaction. <laughs> I want them to be an outlier, an oddball. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even even someone like Alan Green, who was obviously quite divisive, at least there was something odd about him. Do you know what I mean? Your, your ideal commentator, a bit odd, older, bit odd. Yeah. Uh, Knows everything about football. Yeah. You know he's married, but about the wife is never seen and never spoken yeah. about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I don't want a commentator who has spent money on their clothes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I want a commentator who, who's got no interest in their clothes because they know they're not going to be seen and why are clothes going to... They, they've spent that money on Rothman's football yearbooks. That's what they've spent it on. Yeah, that's what the image I was getting. was exactly that. It's almost like a sort of um, a haggard old rogue detective who yeah. doesn't play by the book, gets into a beaten up old Ford Escort <laughs> and there's packets, discarded packets of Quavers, old Rothman's yearbooks... <laughs> Whereas the current crop, they just get straight into the back of a nice Addison Lee or a Mercedes yeah. saloon. Yeah. And they're off to a bar with their lovely fiance and their their nice life. Like it's all yeah. too polished and, and, and preps. The personality's gone, definitely, in that sense. In terms of spies, I want George Smiley from the John Le Carre books rather than James <laughs> Bond. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> couple of other rules that I'd like for commentators. So they, they, they should find it difficult to maintain eye contact because they're just yes. socially awkward. Yes. Uh, and they should always be in awe of footballers. They should yeah. never become friendly with them. They shouldn't be made too footballers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Barry yes. Davies, he's, you always get the sense, he's not going for a drink with Alan Shearer. No. Do you know what I mean? He wouldn't. But he's writing beautiful kind of poetic things about yeah. Alan Shearer's performance. They're always at a distance. They have to be at a distance to other people and footballers. Exactly, exactly. There we go. That is, just if any of the TV channels are listening, that's where you're going wrong. <laughs> so get out there, find a weirdo. Give find him a some bloody weirdos, for the love of God. <laughs> in summary. In summary, find a weirdo. Right, I've got something to talk about. 
Yeah. There is a Nico Williams that plays for Wales and a Nico oh Williams that plays God. for Spain. This has been bothering me silently in my head for days. Thank you for saying it out loud. What is that about? It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's so confusing. And they're confusing. both players that, for some reason, people need to use the full name of. They never call yeah. them Williams. Maybe that... Is there another Williams that plays for Wales? I don't know. But, like, that Nico Williams has always been called Nico Williams in full since he played for Liverpool um, when he plays for Wales. And then there's a Spanish forward with the same... I mean, spelled N-I rather than N-E. But it's still bizarre, isn't it? I'm so glad you've said that out loud. I was just looking up the origin of the name Nico. It's actually Italian. Is it? So there's not there's not even a Spanish or Welsh well, origin or connection. I'd associate it mainly with the Velvet Underground and Nico Williams. Which Yeah, same here. Yeah. Where was Nico from? Um uh, I think she's Scandinavian. She was Scandinavian. She wasn't even, she's not even born Nico. Her real name is Krista something. Oh, right, yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Was she just a huge fan of Nico Williams? <laughs> Other players uh, with an unlikely shared name across the World Cup do get in touch because it's going to take some beating for the two Nico Williams that have come. Do you think if, Sp- if Spain played Wales and they're all warming up and you're one of the Nico Williams, would you wander over to the other half <laughs> and go, You're dafty. Bit odd, this, isn't it? <laughs> so you're called Nico Williams as well, eh? What a weird... You'd definitely be trading shirts, wouldn't you, at the end of the game? Oh, yeah. yeah. So would you if go over? Yeah, I you... think you would. Nico Williams is too odd. If you're John Smith, you probably don't make the effort. Yeah, but if you're Nico Williams... and So would you... You're the Wales team, they've made it into the round of 16. Actually, they wouldn't even be playing. So they're in the quarterfinals against Spain. You're Nico Williams, the Welsh one. It's the biggest game of your career. How much in your head... Are you thinking I should go over to him before the game, or are you trying to focus <laughs> on the game? Uh, I don't think I'd go over to him before the game. I think I might send him one of those requests on Facebook to the group <laughs> I'm a part of. That's just all Nico Williams <laughs> from around the world. Nico, the Spanish Nico Williams is a winger, and right. the Welsh Nico Williams is a fullback. Yes. So potentially they could be on the same wing. Oh wow, that's exciting, isn't yeah. it? God, but, but and as it's not commentator's nightmare because again, it just makes it easier. Just makes it easier. It just makes, makes it easier. I've got something I want to talk about. Yeah. I was listening to the fantastic News Agents podcast with uh, John Sopel the other day, yeah, and John like Sopel that. revealed that he's got his high-level Qatar contacts have revealed that they uh, are really disappointed with the World Cup and wish they hadn't bothered what? at hosting it. Yeah, he was saying, like, so it's the, the feeling amongst the senior Qataris who have, yeah. you know, hosted this World Cup and gone, spent loads of money in doing so are actually really gutted with it and, like, oh, we they? shouldn't have bothered. Yeah. Why? Well, look at the, the negative attention they're getting and the amount of money oh, it's that cost. Is, that is a fantastic piece of insight. So you don't yeah. need to listen to the News Agent podcast because <laughs> I'll, Skull I'll brings all the, the best, best stuff over here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Isn't that astonishing? Well, well I don't know makes, it is, because I'd sense. say... It, it, so there's an argument that it's some of the worst sports washing in history. The other argument is um, sports washing isn't so much about winning over the liberal media in Europe, because that's not really what you're trying to do. And Qatar will be more known as a country across the world in a lot of countries these things aren't being mentioned. South America is just not being covered at all. So it's not a complete disaster in that sense, I suppose. But for us, not it turns out, Chris, not everyone reads The Guardian around the world. <laughs> Some people read The New York Times. But, um, 
So, yeah, I, I think that's interesting. I'd it say... It's interesting, isn't it? It hasn't but, been the disaster maybe some of us hoped. But the, well, the thing is, I think I said this at the start, that it's always going to... The football will kick off. And at that point, the narrative is completely different, isn't it? Because you're just going to be... It's football's brilliant and it's amazing. And that's what everybody's talking about. It's kind of why I thought the, the Infantino press conference was so stupid. Because yeah. just don't you don't need to say anything. You're not even good at corruption. Because like if you just yeah. don't say anything, don't put yourself good. out there. There's no news yeah. story. And then the football kicks off. And the football has kind of taken Infantino's over. Infantino's like, press conference had shades of Benitez's one where he had some facts on a piece of paper, facts. didn't it? These yeah. are facts. Yeah. I actually watched that again the other day, the Benitez one. Have you ever seen the, the woman who sits next to him who's being asked to hand out the sheets of paper and she, like, pulls her face like, this is so awkward. Oh, no, I've not seen that. <laughs> um, but, yes, anyway, Qatar. But, but one, one thing I wanted to ask, like, what do you think they wanted out of this? Do you, were they just to shine a light on the country and be like, and just raise the prominence of Qatar and then try and get some extra tourism off the back of it? Uh, I think one of the things is, um, but I I'm not a total expert on this, but what I was told is the more you can raise the prominence of a country, the less likely it is that uh, something's going to happen with, like, revolution or some kind of overthrowing of the way things work. Uh, interesting. Yes. Interesting. But I, I'm, I'm speaking from what I would describe as a very... Second-hand opinion that that that's not analysis I've done myself. That's just how someone explained the situation, which I don't understand myself. So please do not pass off that opinion as your own. Or if you do, don't mention me. Uh, there you go. There we go. That is fascinating. Thank you to uh, that less popular podcast than us for pointing it out. <laughs> Actually, on that, so the fact that football's taken over. I, I am interested in the fact that there's a lot of discussion of people go... You know how people go early with Christmas? People very, go very early on analysing whether it's a good or a bad World Cup. We, yes. Even within yeah. three days, people are trying to make claims for whether this is a good or a bad World Cup. Do you think the, it's a good yeah. or a bad World Cup yet? Uh, well, on that, I think you have to wait years for, to, to make a decision whether it's a good World Cup. Someone actually for sent instance, me yesterday. You might wait, you might wait uh, say, for instance, 18 years <laughs> to find out that all the games are played at the same time, so it's no longer considered <laughs> a good World Cup. Someone said to me yesterday, oh, wasn't Russia 2018? That was a great World Cup. I was like, was it? I don't know. It kind of passed... Like, I hadn't really analysed it. Maybe you need was. that period the of England. time. I, I loved that World Cup, but yeah. The invasion of Ukraine four years later took the shine off it. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, technically, it began four years before. But yeah, again, yes, if you want course, your news yeah. content, head to head over to news agents. Which <laughs> <so cool. laughs> um, do you think this is a good World Cup, Michael? I uh, just quickly, I love the fact that Josh thought that USA '94 was only 18 years ago. Yeah, is it 28 years ago? 28. Yeah, oh years ago. Um, no, I, I sort of agree with Chris. I think it's way too soon. I do think you need a bit of time and perspective to get a kind of helicopter view of whether or not it was a good one historically. I'd say when you're in the eye of the storm, you can tell whether it's enjoyable and you're caught up in it. Um, I definitely am not yet. Um, I think last night, I think the Spain-Germany game weirdly was the first one where I was invested because even though it wasn't a great game of football, there was so much at stake. You know, Germany 
needed to draw at the bare minimum and it was two like world cup giants battling against each other so i think the more those games creep in now for this third round and then obviously the knockouts then it shifts currently it's like caring about the group stages of the champions league like we all know the great stuff is coming down the line so i think this time next week we'll have a better sense of it but thus far definitely not a great world cup for me i think michael Mm. is going to be uh, every time we speak to Michael, he's just waiting for it to kick in. And I've got a, ter- I've got a feeling you're going to be waiting for this. We're going to be having the same conversation pre-semi-finals. Uh, as Michael's so going. I'm coming yeah. out of the club at 3am, Dan. Well, that, was, that wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, so one of the things that makes a good or a bad World Cup is upsets. But another one, as proved in 2002, is arguably too many upsets leading to... N- not enough big teams facing off against each other. Do you want Argentina or Germany or Holland or big teams to go out in this group stage? Or are you hoping they all get shocked but then make it through so there's some big games later on? Such a great question. I'm, I'm completely torn on this for two different reasons. And I think I love one big nation to implode. Like, I love watching it completely unravel, whoever that is, France, Germany, you know, Spain, historically, everyone's had their moment. I really love that when the camp just dissolves and you can just see the dressing room has gone to shit. I also, for England's benefit, I would rather play the worst teams at every step of the competition. You know, I don't want interest in playing good teams. No, absolute zero. I don't care. The world winning the World Cup is not tarnished because we beat rubbish teams. For me, yeah, Um, it just isn't. I would rather have the easiest draw every single time. I think it's insane that people think (laughs) otherwise. But that being said, on the other side of the draw, or if England go out, there's nothing more underwhelming than quarterfinals and semi-finals when you just know someone is punching well above you know a sort of yeah. Costa Rica Brazil style quarterfinal you're yeah. like well this is there's nothing at stake here there's yeah. no way that that team is going to lose so on the non-England side of the draw I want the heavyweights every single round I want two yeah. heavyweights going against each other and I want the best possible final on the England side of the draw yeah just get rid of them I did my first uh, proper trace through of the roots yesterday which is one of my habits during the World Cup, like tracing <laughs> the options England have. And were England to win the group, they would get a second-place team in Group A, which looks Ecuador or Senegal probably. Then France, that is a toughie. But then you get not as bad a semi-final because uh, the other side of the draw has got Argentina, Brazil... Argentina, Brazil, and Spain. So you'd probably get a Germany or someone like that. So I think that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong. It might be even Argentina. But it's almost worth... The France is the big one for England, is what I'm saying. That That's that's what's happening if England win their group or if Wales win that group. And what stage is that? The quarters, you say? The quarters. Wow. Blimey. Yeah. Would you prefer to just face France in the second round... And then it's, you can just get your all or nothing no, game over with. let's get further into it. More at stake. More at stake. Fair enough. Fair yeah, get enough. In. Um, any more things you want to discuss, Chris, before we yeah. move Should on we... to a brief uh, discussion of England v Wales tonight? Shall we have a brief appraisal of uh, Tim Cahill? 
uh, see how he's doing at Qatar. Oh, it's been a bad time for Cahill. Who knew? Who knew that appointing Tim Cahill would not pay off in such a way? What a penny for his thoughts. What, you know, it's been a, it's a disaster, isn't it? Like, the Qatar team, they're going to lose all their games. According to his Wikipedia, he's worth $28 million due to his diverse range of business industries. Until four years ago, he was worth $1 million, and and this job is (laughs) worth $27 million. (laughs) It it doesn't mention. We must have Tim Cahill. It doesn't mention any mention of Qatar on his Wikipedia page. I don't know where... But I, I saw a documentary where he, he was the head of the Qatari uh, Aspire Academy. He's worth 20, oh, it's 28 million Australian dollars. But still... I, I, just, go, I just Googled Tim Cahill, Qatar. Top yeah. hit. His LinkedIn. His LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah. He's got a LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got two mutual connections with him. Uh, I can tell you when he took the job. January 2020. Oh, he's not been there that long. Either so you know he's yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's next joined us. We'll judge him on the next World Cup. Joe as well. Were Tim Cahill? Was it hundred and he scored fifty goals for Australia in hundred and eight caps? That's a mad record for like an attacking yeah. field, basically, isn't it? Very good. No wonder they got it. And also that. not a great. Well, I don't know actually. Australia, they that football federation, they just play quite a lot of rubbish teams, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like New yeah. Zealand's probably the, one, yeah. the toughest opponent. So. um the teams have started to go out. Qatar have gone out, obviously. Canada have gone out. I found myself feeling quite disappointed that Canada had gone out. And then I thought, why do I care? <laughs> I, I won't lie. That early goal from Canada, and there was a sort of 15-minute period where I thought, oh, my God, they they might actually win this. And then I realised absolutely not. Croatia just ripped them apart. But that was the most emotion I felt in this tournament so far, was the 10 to 15 minutes of that Canada-Croatia game where they were ahead and they'd scored their first ever World Cup goal. It was exciting. It was exciting. But um, I just realised I'm not ever going to think ever again in my life, it's a shame Canada went out of the 2022 <laughs> World Cup early. <laughs> but I, do, I, I hate this part of a World Cup. Like the 10am games ending and teams going out. You're like, it's the Sunday of a festival, isn't it? People are Yeah, you're like, it's tents. already... Yeah, I agree. The group stage is all ahead of you. You're already... Yeah. This... This is Boxing Day. I think the best bit of a World Cup is the first group games. We, you yeah. know, you get like it's all a mystery until then, and you really see what people are made of. Exactly, the like, best oh, bit oh, of Christmas is before Christmas. Do yeah, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's Christmas. Christmas Eve is the best bit. Yeah, New, yeah. Totally and New agree. Year's Eve, let's be honest, is a semi-final when England have gone out in the quarters, and you. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking, well, I might as well watch it because I've got nothing else going on and reality will be returning soon. Do you know what, as well, like England going out of the semi-final last time made me feel quite sour about the final. I would always, oh, I'd always, I watched it anyway. I'm very sour about the final. Very but you sour. Just, you just sat there going, we could have been in this. Like, it yeah. could have been so different. If you go out of the quarters, by the time the finals come around, you're kind of, you're detached enough that you can enjoy it again. Yeah, but actually, when you when you go out of the semis, it's really different. We haven't mentioned England v Wales, and it's tonight. How are you feeling before we go? Good. Well, one thing that's kind of I mean, touch wood for what I'm about to say, but what is quite encouraging that we haven't had many injuries yet, and you see a lot of teams suffering with them. I don't know if you saw that picture of Neymar's yeah. foot; it looked full of fluid. It looked like a balloon filled with water. 
Uh, and obviously France got a lot of injuries. So we're, you know, I'm quietly confident the players, are, we've got good players and they're all fit, touch wood. So yeah, I'm feeling good. Next time we meet, England may be out of the World Cup. <laughs> but if they are, we will have watched the most dramatic game of football in the history of football. The other thing is that 4-0 thing means it's another game I'm not really going to be that up for, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. We'll be back to discuss it. That's the key thing. We're reacting honestly to this World Cup. We're not we're not pretending that it's, you know, doing anything to us other than what it's doing. We'll be back on uh, the day after England v Wales, whatever day that is, Wednesday, when we'll tell you all about England v Wales. Uh, if you want that episode, sign up to the fan club, anotherslice.com forward slash quickly, Kevin. There is lots more there besides if you want to go back in time rather than live in the present, which is essentially what this podcast is about. Until then, Chris. Before we carry on, let me just remind you that we're doing three episodes a week, roughly, on the Quickly Kevin fan club through the World Cup. Plus, this month's bonus episode features Big Sam Allardyce. And honestly, you may not believe me, but you will leave that episode loving his Bolton team. Yes, it's true. Uh, to sign up for the Quickly Kevin fan club, head over to anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. There's over 5,000 minutes of extra Quickly Kevin content. That's it for this episode. Until next time. Stuart Slater, see you later. Don't let it let it